This podcast you're about to listen to is a controlled experiment using trained intellectual monkeys. The following episode is one of the infinite debates these monkeys have had. Remember that these are the opinions of real monkeys and may not reflect the opinions of the highly trained human scientists in charge. And most importantly, no monkeys were harmed in the making of this podcast. Which was legitimately, chemically the same as crystal meth on mass. Hmm. And they were right. saying that this was the whole reason why, like the SS, like the, 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 the Blitzkrieg and stuff like that was just so insane because they would hop these Nazi soldiers up on math, crystal math for, for days on a time. And they would literally just drive their tanks for like six days straight. Like you can't oh, run from that. You're not running from a guy driving a tank on crystal meth. For six days straight, he's going <laughs> to get you. So it was just like untenable for the French to just deal with all these Nazis high on meth. So I think that like Pervitin, and it wasn't just the Nazi soldiers either. It was everybody. Like if True. you were, if you had some nerves as a woman, crystal meth, you have, you, you have some work you want to get done as a man and, and you know, you having trouble focusing, fuck coffee, crystal meth, but they just <laughs> called it Pervitin. It's wild. It's actually wild. Really? The Infinite Monkeys podcast does not condone the use of crystal meth. <laughs> Especially by Nazis, because apparently, like, they'll almost take over the planet. January the 6th at the uh, 1300 hour presenter three infinite monkeys tail gunner and Tyler and this is experiment 016 a discussion on mortality to take an emotional baseline reading how's everyone doing today anyone do any uh, great uh, drugs in the last five minutes five minutes I've done caffeine that's all it's a good drug that's my favorite I think is really I think so caffeine yeah I think it would be caffeine and pot would be number two so is it caffeine or is it like coffee it's caffeine is, is, is i'm doing coffee caffeine? but i'm, I'm the, the 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 root of administration is, is coffee yeah. your coffee is laced with caffeine yeah some of that decaf <laughs> no that decaf <laughs> coffee light hey Taylor, what's your favorite drug is it caffeine favorite, do you even have do you even drink favorite. caffeine uh yeah i i have coffee uh, oh right yeah you have your kirkland coffee i remember <laughs> yeah kirkland coffee that's me uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much it. So sometimes, you know, I, I, I drink socially, but usually very little. Mm-hmm. Is alcohol a drug, uh, though? Oh, yeah. Is it considered yeah. a drug? It's got to be. It doesn't have a DIN number. It's still what I'd consider a drug. It has a pharmacological effect. But so does water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to say anything. Well, I just stare I, at you. Yeah. <laughs> I do drink a lot of water. But no, I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty straight on that sort of stuff like I've, I've never done pot never done anything else i love how you guys all just, both uh, immediately went to illicit drugs you're like no i haven't done that well kind of just like yeah i've done that whatever like acid but it's too long if acid was an hour long i would like that probably more than doesn't than it like mess with your brain though like you have like a, you have like a one percent chance of getting like brain fried no i don't know i've never heard of that maybe 
one percent. I mean, that's it goes not that high because because I'm pretty sure that's where the people were. If you, I, I don't think it was lazy. I think it was a pure assery of like one percent where you just like you'll start talking and they'll just they're the people who just like zone out and then come back in the conversation like ten seconds later. <laughs> I do that already. You're so like that. Yes, I, <laughs> I guess I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. It's uh, I don't know the same thing. I think it's fun. What's your uh, baseline drug reading, uh, Tyler? Uh, my baseline <laughs> drug reading? Yeah, usually it's uh, <laughs> emotional. Um, it's under the limited detection. Um, <laughs> so I technically have a zero baseline drug reading. Um, All right. But uh, do you ever do drugs? Emotionally. Am I the only drug addict no. here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So I have a really weird relationship with drugs. Yeah. In terms of like, like not like pharmacological drugs. No, not oh, far, God, pharmacological take my drugs. Steroids. <laughs> no, like uh, the, the like for a long time, for whatever reason, like I, I never took painkillers. Not entirely sure why. Even painkillers. Never took painkillers. Never took painkillers till last year. Hmm. Um, and that was just because oh. I got a from when I uh, start working out. Uh, I just get such a tense tra- uh, trap, left trap, that it just causes me headaches which it took really? me took me like three years to four years to figure out why that was happening so i just take a leave <laughs> a leave yeah just a little bit of naproxen in the morning yeah. and you're good to well, go. I, don't, I don't take it chronically <laughs> it just takes it when i because i cause when I, I, feel I, the pain I, coming I, when I feel the pain coming on i'm like okay i'm gonna get a headache and i usually wait until the headache's almost there too because i'm a terrible person <laughs> um so yeah uh naproxen is uh my go-to drug yeah like the thing the thing other thing is like for me with like caffeine i don't even like I drink coffee, I drink a latte. A day. I make a latte a day, and uh, doesn't really do anything to me. I just like the taste of it. If we're gonna go, okay, right. this is this is crazy. But if we're gonna go just like drugs in general, I guess thinking about it, fentanyl would be my favorite one I've ever done. And I've had that when I had a oh, surgery. Uh, they gave me fentanyl. Was that for your ankle? Yeah, because I fucked up my ankle a couple of years ago. Broke it really, really bad. Uh, pretty much blew up my calcaneus bone just like it was mush so they had to put a lot of spikes and shit to keep it all together um but they gave me fentanyl because the pain was so bad and i get heroin addiction like immediately i got it i was like fuck this is so nice like it's it's like if your mom put a blanket in the in the dryer and got it really nice and warm and then made you like a nice like glass cocoa warm cocoa and then gave you a big hug, gave you the cocoa, and just like told you everything's That's such okay. A weird feeling to it describe. is. It right. is the most, um, like scariest feeling because I was immediately like, "Fuck, I could just be here all day. Like, I don't want to leave. Like, I just love the feeling of right. this because it's heroin, right? They gave me heroin. It's an opioid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine that's what heroin addiction, similar to like, like you get that kind of feeling of like warmth and 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 like acceptance and like it's it's literally like your mom hugged you with a warm blanket and gave you a fucking little glass of cocoa or something whatever your favorite drink is as a kid it was weird it was a weird experience and like if you're a doctor fucking take take some and and tell me that that's no seriously if you're a doctor take some because (laughs) because if you don't understand how this makes people feel you'll you'll never understand how prescribing it to people who are lonely how it'll make them how it right. will how it'll fill a void that that um that they're missing in their life like people i think, I think like, I, commun- like connection human connection it, like it it simulated human connection like from my mom it was weird really weird i think i think uh, I, 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 I i will say that one uh don't take 
fentanyl from the hospital because yes. that's illegal. Well, don't do it unless <laughs> you need it. But like, it would be a good educational exercise, I think. Yeah, but I think I think a lot of people are compassionate enough. Like, like you know, you have those old school doctors. I shouldn't even say old school doctors. You have doctors who are. Um, not very compassionate or connected to people who have taken um, drugs because there, there are people who definitely think that they did it. They did it to themselves. I don't think it's something um, you can com- like. You can't. But you, you gotta can, live it. Uh, you have to experience it. I, I because like, it's like you had the worst day of your life, and then your mom comes and does this, gives you a nice blanket, hugs you, tells you everything's gonna be okay. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. Like, like the 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 psychological experience that I had from it, I could immediately see this is so problematic. Yeah, but but I think if you're right. someone who is more on the empathetic side towards people who be towards people who use drugs, I don't think you need that. No, to, no, but 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 if you're someone who's like drug like drugs are the the devil. Yeah, like any sort of Ill- yeah, anything yeah, illegal yeah, is a devil. Kind of, yeah. Then I kind of understand where you're coming from. Uh, but uh, don't 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 take fentanyl unless you're unless you have someone who hasn't. I think, naloxone kit nearby yeah don't i don't take it to overdose or anything like that did you know did you did you know before you got given this out of curiosity did you know before you got given that that um uh that naloxone was a drug that doctors just administer like it was a hospital drug because most people like i just i just find it uh I was not, to, not before this whole overdose thing happened like this whole epidemic that's been killing everyone because 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 i just find it i just find it amusing that um uh, the 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 experience that a lot of people have, where they just hear fentanyl in the in, in the news. So when their doctor's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna give you some fentanyl," they just look wide. They're like, "What? Are you gonna kill me?" Oh yeah, yeah. I knew I knew that fentanyl right. was was like an opioid, right? I knew it was used for like bad pain management, like uh, tramadols and stuff like that. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of people like know it's an opioid, but they don't know that it's like no, it's a drug that's regularly used. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Under it's the right clean. It's clean heroin, essentially. What it is, right? Like it's it's strong heroin. Um, I mean, it's a cl- clean, strong heroin. I mean, where they take only the good bits out and distill it down to just the thing that gives you the warm fuzzies. I mean, it's I'm, really weird. I'm pretty sure heroin's a chemical. So heroin is an opioid. It's, an it's, opioid not, it's not a cocktail, though. No. So it's not fentanyl like, is a cocktail. No, but I'm just saying it's not really clean. I'm, I'm just. I'm well, just, heroin I'm, is a bunch of stuff. It's whatever it is. I mean, it's, it, 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 it tends to be that, but it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Like, it is a... In a perfect world. Chemical drug. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. We do not condone the use <laughs> of fentanyl or heroin. brand does not condone <laughs> the use of drugs. No, I do. <laughs> Fuck that. Use drugs. Weed's great. I mean, Coffee helps I mean, you, dr- I mean, you get through the day. I mean, there's a difference between uh, narcotics and, uh, like, illegal narcotics and legal card narcotics. Um... Anyway, getting on to narcotics before we get <laughs> into paper. I've already, I've already announced the topic. <laughs> Mortality. Um, yeah, uh, I'm. I'm against it. I'm, <laughs> I'm pro mortality. <laughs> I've, I've been, I've been. One of the one, like I, because I like telling stories. I'm going to start with the story because it's always my favorite thing to start with, and it's going to be a reoccurring thing for the next 700 episodes. Um, <laughs> to infinity. <laughs> Um, and it's the one thing I, one thing I've, uh, realized uh, for, for me is, um, I had a very through probably for my first, uh, 23, 22 years of my life. Um, I had a very mm, nihilistic outlook, topical nihilism, um, on things whereby just mm, 
didn't indifferent nothing really matters whatever just keep going just keep doing it people's responses did not affect me whatever um at 25 years old they said um so you have uh depression and we're gonna give you some drugs for that <laughs> um and i was like oh so this is what normal human beings feel like um so i i i, I so over the last four three Four, yeah, probably about four years at this point. I went from a point of like complete nihilism where it's like nothing, like literally nothing matters. Um, there have been many points in my life where uh, you, like I, I guess one of the things is like a lot of people who who, who um, have heard me talk, uh, they, they generally uh, hear me talk like not, overly favorable um in terms of like my relationships with uh family because you hear a lot of people who have relations with family and they're very much like you should keep that relationship alive as much as you can whatever um but the only reason i say this is because i remember i think i was i think i was like six and i remember this so vividly um i believe i was being uh driven home from school it's just after school being driven home going down the main road we're about five minutes from home and i um i don't even think there was a context to this but i literally my mom was driving me um and i literally just turned to her and i was basically like as as a six-year-old you know what mom you just don't feel like my mom <laughs> wow nice <laughs> um i believe that triggered her pulling over to the side of the road and literally quiet crying for 45 minutes um but like like that in terms of like nothing nothing legitimately mattered um and then that evolved in in just very briefly um because this can be mental health can be an entirely different topic um that i don't want to get into but then that kind of evolved into um uh when i was about 10 i started realizing well i i maybe i just shouldn't say these things like guess this is what i feel but i just don't say them so i just didn't say anything for 14, right. 14 years after that. Um, so I just kind of kept everything to myself and everyone just thought I was a dick. Anyway, uh, what I've realized is going from a situation of like complete, like disconnect from connection with other human beings that uh, uh, when, you, when you're in such a uh, severe uh, like depression scenario and, they, and you get given antidepressants, like holy shit, emotions are a really weird thing to deal with. Um, <laughs> so it was... It, 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 it got to a point where like when I originally took them, I was, uh, I, I, I kept using this phrase where it's like, man, it feels like literally my brain is being massaged right now. Like it felt so good. Um, so I would just usually just <laughs> like, I used to zone out just because it's like, I can just pass time by staring at a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, I can just get lost in my thoughts. Um, uh, so, you know, and I'm entertained. It's not like I'm bored. Um, and then so, yeah. so now instead of just zoning out, it's now like I'm getting zoned out with a massage. This is great. <laughs> um, and then now that I've kind of tackled um, the 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 whole human connection thing, and I think having feelings that most people would have, I've now gone to this really weird thing where it's like I now think about not not like a lot, but like I have bouts of like intense mortality um so like and then before just wouldn't even care didn't even matter to me like oh life's over at 24 whatever like mm -hmm. doesn't not like i would go out and try to actively like cause that to happen but if it did happen like didn't even bother me um 
so I guess I, I so so I guess first thing, do do and does it does that ever cross any of your minds? Like like like, <laughs> like, like you're very young people. Die? No, like you're very young people. Like does it ever like either do you think about it in gen- like does it ever yeah. do you think about it? What are your feelings towards it? Like the um, fact that we're gonna die. Yeah, I think about that probably every hour. <laughs> I'm haunted by that abyss. Holy fuck, that's the worst thing ever. Yeah, no, constantly. I constantly am thinking about that. What about you, Teo? Yeah, yeah, I think about it all the time. I'm, I've noticed, like, particularly recently, um, uh, actually, it's, it's, it's more become more and more of a, a big deal to me. Um, yeah, I've, I've, like when I was, was when I was younger, I feel like uh, I feel like it was maybe a bit similar to you, Tyler, where you know I was, I was just kind of in my my own world and just kind of processed reality as it came. And um, uh, it was very objective. I felt very separate from from my life experience. And um, and then as I as I got a bit older, I. I, I uh, made deeper connections with friends and uh family and you know i've been in a long-term relationship for three years now and that's just gotten deeper and deeper (laughs) and so now it's like um i death would be pretty crazy it would have a a really big impact on uh my life you know (laughs) any any one of these people yeah uh passed away or you know i i actually now feel kind of a, a responsibility to take care of myself better so that i don't you know let other people down by dying stupidly or you know um yeah so i, I guess there's been an increase in uh mattering like life mattering as i've gotten older and i i, I only see that going up why do you think that is? Because I kind of personally am kind of thinking, like me personally, I'm kind of, I've been, you know, living this life for so long and developing myself and putting all of this work into it. It would be so sad if to just like, if anyone, like literally, I think of like, I watch murder shows all the time and I hear about like 40 year old women being murdered or something like that and i'm like that's such a like that's awful like 18 year old people yeah. like it doesn't matter the age it's just there's so much it, like even from a scientific perspective there's so much evolution and everything that's went into it and then to just cut it so short it just seems so unfair and so awful to me so i'm constantly thinking about like how just and it's so fragile right like life is so crazy like i was watching some uh who is this he's some youtuber but he's doing conspiracies shane dawson shane dawson does a lot of conspiracies I was watching shane dawson the other day and they were just like he was doing some uh he was doing some like mortality thing and, and like there were these people it was just like a dash cam video these people were driving and a brick came off and like killed this chick in the passenger side like instantly it had yeah. no like sense happening but within the blink of an eye you can't even rock, like react and then it's all over so yeah it's i think it's just because like it's so sudden and so jarring to have put so much effort, whether it's evolutionary or personal effort or just like anything, to just have it just dissoluted into nothingness. And I think that that's why, to me at least, it's it just it's so nonsensical why we have to die. I hate the idea that we have to die. 
I'm obsessed with it. Like I think about it all the time, but I just, right. it blows my mind that that's the necessity of, of what life is. I don't know. And it's, it's, it's crazy that, um, like I'll speak for myself. Like the, I've, I've noticed, um, what, one of the dilemmas I've had, you know, the last five to 10 years is, um, realizing that if I invest in people, like if I start caring about them, then I'm going to be impacted, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, re- reactionarily and, uh, deeply like chronically by their loss, you know, if they die or if they get seriously hurt or something. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've gotten, become more and more inclined to just invest, like just take it on. Yeah. Yeah. If I lose you, that's going to hurt me, but you know, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I don't, I don't really, I don't think I could lay out that process <laughs> in a few sentences. Yeah, no, I, I, I really agree. Like, even though I'm, I'm saying like, oh, it's inevitable that we're having to die. Right. And it's such a heartbreak that there's all this effort into just essentially it's pointless. You're going to die anyway. So why put any effort into it? But but kind of it's it's weird because to me, it's kind of like it's uh, contradictory because I use that as an incentive to try to do more. Like the fact that we're going to die, we're only here for like 80 years if you're really fucking lucky. Like yeah. really, really lucky. You see those old people and I'm so jealous of those old people that I see that are like 80 and I'm like, fuck, I hope I can get there because I'm, I'm genuinely like 40 years it's that's a long time to just not have a brick hit you while you're driving on the freeway and shit like that happens all the fucking time and so it's it's you're here for such a, a finite amount of time so yeah it's, it's really contradictory the way that i think about it. kind of like what you're alluding to is that i use that as the impetus to drive me to do more stuff rather than just say well it doesn't matter give up on it right so it's yeah it's it's weird how it's kind of worked into it. When did when did your mortality like your thought of this start? Did did you always have it uh, in the back of your head? Maybe like uh, no, I because I was like I think kids are usually blissfully unaware of it. They, like because up until like what three, you're essentially shielded from death altogether from the world like your parents typically like even like your hamster dies and no it's at a farm you know and that's three years old (laughs) three years old is 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 really really young i would say i'd say a lot of people are like five seven eight when they start contemplating the idea of death uh even from like a, a, a just functional standpoint what it is the cessation of you moving around and doing stuff but from a like a metaphorical standpoint what that actually means to me and the other like people in my life and stuff like that i think i didn't start talking about or thinking about that deeply until maybe uh 22 23 maybe oh so it's kind of recent yeah yeah the last three or four years yeah yeah no it hasn't been a while that i've just been like fixated on death but it's i don't know why but i'm super just obsessed with the reaper right like like teo teo you mentioned that like your your um your as as your relationships go grew and you you invested more into connecting with people um your sense of mortality has increased are are you kind of similar like yours kind of started in the last four years because i'm trying to kind of figure out like when most people start thinking about it well i i have a vivid memory when i was like four talking to my parents freaking out that i'm gonna die at some point so 
I, I I remember like that that certainly happened. I, like that that was like my first existential crisis. I guess I don't know. Um, I can just imagine I, you right I, now as a little four year old having an existential crisis, <laughs> like hyperventilating <laughs> over the fact of it. Like, oh God, we're gonna die. I, I was really yeah, I was really freaked out. Mm-hmm. But it I I. I don't think that really like continued like continuously you know to my 20s like it, it was just like every now and then it would it would really strike me um you know at night or something yeah where you're like oh yeah there's that thing that we gotta do yeah later down the road sometime i would say i took it much more seriously maybe when i was about 18 or so i started to get into buddhism and stuff and think about like what living means like a, yeah it, mortality was a part of that because because and, and and the reason why why i ask is because i i as i think about it more um uh actually just for context i st- i i know i started exactly when i was in nine when i was nine in grade five mm-hmm. um uh and 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 one thing that 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 you know i I've, i don't think i've ever heard in my life discussed is when when people start thinking about it um so i'm i you know with my the two subjects i get trapped in um every week i thought <laughs> well um, this is a perfect opportunity to ask because like all all i've ever heard with most people is um they just think uh it's it's a lot of the older people thinking about you still have you still have so long to live um and and do you think that there 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 is i guess do you think that people should start thinking about it early should you shelter them from this idea is there any implications from one or the other because like like when when should you start introducing these ideas to people and when and and and, and is there a criterion and when you're allowed to have these ideas per se? Because like so many people dismiss it, right? I think if you're if you're exposed to it when you're really young, you're less likely to think about it a lot. Like because I lived on a farm and I was essentially exposed to death from like the time I was born. Like there's always something being killed on a farm. Something's always you know there's a cougar comes in and murders half your sheep or like maims your dogs or something something's always happening on a farm so i was kind of exposed to it from a really young age that like things die and so it was just like really normalized so i never like deeply pondered what those implications of well okay this pig just got eaten by a, a cougar what does that mean from the pig's point of view he's not squeaking around anymore he's like where is he what's he doing like that i didn't actually start kind of thinking about that more deeply until yeah probably in my early 20s and and did you did you think that like but it doesn't it doesn't to me at least it it doesn't seem like you like yes you were exposed to that at a young age but did it seem to help because you based on your like first kind of foray into this discussion it kind of seemed like it still affected you as like say it affects Teo or say as it affects me so does it does it really so does it really matter if you get exposed to it early i think it just helps to make it normal for to a accept kid it. yeah to accept it you're more accepting like but i can't even say that because i have a lot of anxiety accept- about my own death yeah, like, I, know, I, don't like, I don't accept it i'm not accepting of it i am constantly looking for a way out um yeah no it's 
I don't even know, but I'm like one person, so you can't really make a big conclusion off of that. But I would say, yeah, expose kids to it a bit younger because it's such a, hey, you have to do it. Everyone's going to do it. So it's just something that you may as well accept because it's going to happen. There's nothing you can do to I, change it. I, I, th- I think I have a bit of a different view in that, like... I think with most most things with kids, and I've, I have no kids. I've never really spent much time around kids. But yeah, me either. <laughs> me either for, if nobody knows, um, I I would think that it's probably like, just because everyone's different and every child is different. They have way different personalities, different development. And I think if if they start talking about it, if they start, you know, um, they're just a really macabre little two year old. Just yeah, all yeah, right. t- totally, yeah. Then then you have. I think you. If you're a parent, then you're ob- obligated to engage with it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, not, and not deflect it. I think as a parent, you're you're obliged to kind of give them a, a realistic picture of the world rather than kind of like, oh, no, this dribbles at a farm. I don't I, like I never agreed with the whole idea of lying, well, lying to kids if their animals die or something like that. It always bugs me. If they have questions, you should be honest with them because it's a trust building exercise. Essentially, don't lie to people. I definitely agree with uh, with with the realism with the realism piece, but I also think it has to be like wieldable, yeah, like, like not like nihilistic, like yeah, we all die, it sucks, deal with it, you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, like that to a kid, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it, you know that there has to be some sort of moral that that uh, isn't a lie. Mm-hmm. Well, like he's just sleeping now and he's peaceful, right? I yeah. think those are those are really empowering. The peace, the peace, I think is the most appealing part of dying is just what is it like to just be sleeping for the rest of time? So people think that, yeah. Peaceful. I'm sure. I'm sure it's peaceful at the very, at the very least it's peaceful. <laughs> See, I, I like my thing is always like, I'm, I'm it's not the peace. Like mm-hmm. I, like I'm still terrified. I'm just like, I'm the, it's the curiosity. I just like, because I'm always, I really mind fuck myself when I think of my own death because um, time stops when you're unconscious, essentially, from your point of view. And so I'm oh, always, yes. I'm always like, really like, what really happens? Like, do you just wake up at the other end and there's something else or like, be, and 10 million years have elapsed or something. And like, now your, your consciousness has just reassembled in a brain of someone. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's fucking crazy stuff to contemplate constantly. Like, that's, uh, that, that's actually one of my most interesting questions. A lot of people like, like to extrapolate and go bigger. Or they go like, well, what's 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 at the, the 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 end of the universe? What 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 is out there? And I'm always like, for me, the question that I always find very fascinating is, what is nothingness? Yeah, I think the closest you can get to nothingness is death. Yeah, yeah, and that's always a fun thing because like you, you can't, I can't even, I can't even comprehend nothingness. Oh, it's black. Well, yeah, is it black though? It's nothing. It can't exactly, be black. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's that's something. Everyone always goes back to the well, just imagine what it was like when before you were born. It's like, well, oh, fuck, okay. I can't do that either. Like, come on, man, give me something a little bit tangible. Like, <laughs> I wasn't here. I can't imagine it. Like, I I honestly think it's somewhat dream state uh when you die. And then that's just kind of extended for what from your perspective is infinity. But from everyone else's perspective, it's like five minutes. This is where you freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, for example, so if, if someone was in, in, like, intense, brutal agony or something, and then their unconscious state was aware of that, that would essentially be hell. You would, you would extend that into it infinity 
for from their point of view for their time point of view unless your brain has some form of a protective mechanism which i kind of i I hypothesize it kind of does in which like it just releases a bunch of like dopamine and neurotransmitters just to kind of like ease the transition um so i think like maybe it it somewhat chemically induces you into being if it's intact if you're literally just like balled up into mints within nothing i think like you're 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 once you're dead you're gonna experience whatever you're experiencing at that point of time once you die until essentially forever i hope i'm not scared when i die man <laughs> with that outlook yeah, yeah i literally i just want to be just chilling on in a bed just like sleeping on like on fentanyl like something nice i like a hospital death as morbid as it is for the body i think for the mind once you're in that state of death if that is this the 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 thing that it's your state of consciousness is just extended into infinity from your point of view i think that that would be a, a nicer way to go than just being like horribly like beaten to death or you know raped and murdered or something like that like those awful things like what people do to other people don't murder other people it's super rude you're (laughs) fucking up literally the rest of their timeline in the universe so rude don't murder so uh gunner you 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 described uh uh, mortality as this as, as coming from effort like you're putting more effort into life you realize that as more you put more into it your, your feeling of mortality um, increases. And uh, similarly for Taylor, he, T- Teo, he didn't use the, the word effort, but you used, again, the, the, the connection building. And um, these are, and these are um, I guess, words that generally can go hand in hand with the idea of uh, life fulfillment. So is, is, it, is it fair then to say that as... Is, is it inevitable, I guess, is a more appropriate way, that as you increase the fulfillment you get from life, that your mortality increases? Is there, like, do you... Ex- Fear of mortality? I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't know. Like, like is yours, is yours fear? Like, I guess, I guess when you say I, that fear, my, my, fear of death is what kind of the analogy. That's my that. interpretation of it, is that I'm very fearful of it. And I think that the more that I do, the more my anxiety of that increases. But weirdly enough that also like i said makes drives me to do more so it's it's weird um but yeah are you saying it like uh increases your sense of mortality is that what you mean yeah Um, yeah increases okay right your sense your sensitivity to it um, right i I think so i think so yeah and i think uh, hopefully i i think that this holds is that at some point in a person's life you just kind of you accept that you won't be able to do everything that you intended to do and you kind of become more realistic with the fact that time moves so fucking fast and scary fast and faster as you get older and uh, and you eventually just accept that and then hopefully you've done enough that you don't have a half or midlife crisis or whatever and and like fuck up the the last half of your life or something um but yeah, hopefully, hopefully you've done enough in that span of time within your 50 years, your first 50 years that you're somewhat happy with what you've produced as a human being. And, and it doesn't give you that sense of like, I haven't done enough. And now I'm, I'm fearful of death because I haven't done enough. Like that's, I, I, I think that's like, for me, that's one, that's one like, um, 
soothing notion is that because I experience it now, like in a way, like I think that the, the, the classic midlife crisis is that you haven't done enough. Mm-hmm. So, so you get hit with it so fast. Yeah. Um, whereas because, because I'm already kind of having these questions and being hit with it now, um, in a way it, it, it's, it's soothing to know that I think that just means that I am doing my best now to increase my effort and my connections to, mm-hmm. instead of waiting. So you think that's what drives the midlife crisis is the realization, hey, I have no time left and I haven't done shit all with my life and, and this is this was was and is my only shot and I fucked up. As, like, is that what the, because that's kind of been my working theory. As, as of right now, I, I, I like, through this discussion, I, I, I think it is, which is why, like, for me, I, I've, I, I, I question the, not the, not the uh, negativity, but I guess the taboo of younger people thinking about mortality. Because again, if you, I think, I think for most people, if you talk to someone who's older than you by a decade or more, they will, and, and, and you even consider mortality they will inevitably usually say well you're still so young you have so much time and you you know time is all relative yeah, they really in a sense. brush it off though right and 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 i think and i and, and and for me if you think of it as a as, as a coping mechanism to avoid say a, you know that midlife crisis moment um then it sh- it shouldn't be so dismissed mm-hmm. yeah I, I i wonder i wonder about this uh, definition of midlife midlife crisis or the onset of the midlife crisis is is, is it due to looking back and being disappointed with that that you haven't done enough or is it does it being disappointed with uh the fact that maybe you didn't try as as hard as you could have made the wrong decisions or something like that i think there's a lot of reasons but i think one of the most um normal ones the most common would be because someone feels unfulfilled with with what they've done with their whether in the past or up to this point yeah is 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 it achievement like or lack of achievement or is it like dude it could be i think it's it's personal base like it could be like oh sure i didn't i didn't you know fuck enough chicks or something like it could be something (laughs) as vapid as that um it could be i didn't i didn't ever become a doctor and i always wanted to be a doctor or something like that it, there could be a lot of of uh reasons for it you're you're I, you're, you're so safe you're, you're so safe with your money that you've never enjoyed yourself yeah yeah right i i, I guess i'm just trying to uh, i'm thinking like you can be very you, you can be very uh fulfilled after um you know trying and failing Right, mm-hmm. like I tried to become a Navy SEAL or something, and um, I, I worked my hardest. I didn't succeed, but I tried, or whatever. Um, like, th- there's closure to that. Whereas if you just sat on your ass and maybe you had a lot of money, you weren't incentivized to try very hard. Yeah, that's a um, really good point. Then you look back and you're like, no, oh, I didn't do anything. Yeah, but you're more upset maybe that that you didn't. You just, you just never try. It. Yeah, it's way more important to try and fail than than to just not try out of fear of failure because then you'll be left right. with all kinds of regrets because that, like death, is is the fear of the unknown, the fear of what if and kind of thing, which I think are all kind of connected. Nobody really knows what's going to happen when you die, 
So there's like a lot of anxiety towards it, right? And so it's the same thing. Like if if someone's like, oh yeah, I really want to learn the guitar or something, they, they never pick it up because they're worried that you know they'll suck at it. Which obviously you're gonna suck right. at it. You just fucking learned the thing. Get over it. Like, there's practice required. Not everyone's Beethoven in this shit. But anyways, um, I think that like it, it does leave you kind of with these fears of the unknown. Like, what if I fail? What if I don't do it? And then people will just not act on things, not live in the moment, not practice, not do whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how so, so clearly at, 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 there is some part of us who, which I, which again is a very interesting thing to note for myself. Um, I would like to hear other people's stance on it is, but I think it's interesting to note that all of us have thought about this and think about it seemingly regularly, depending on, you know, whether that's once a week, once a month, once a day, um, once weird. a year. It's weird because people don't really speak about it that often no. though. Like considering that we've all, we're all going to die. We all thought about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, we all actively think about it. We're all going to do it. Yeah, why don't we talk about it all the time? Uh, Is it cuz it's too scary? I think I think it's this, I think it's the 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 notion that every that that we all either see on TV, see on movies that it's just so dismissed if you do. Because and and I think that you can only really talk about it to people who are of your age. Um, because if mm. you, because, because huh. usually if you talk about people who are older, they will just dismiss it. Yeah. So if I like, like for, for in, until about, um, a month ago, honestly, if I heard someone who was, uh, even 22, even like six, like they're 14, if they're 16, if they're 18, if they're, even if they were 22, which is not very much far from my age, I would probably dismiss them two months ago because I personally did a lot of exploration of myself i took a lot of chances took a lot of very bad chances um and uh but I, I i did so much in my time that wasn't generic or wasn't normal that i was okay with it mm-hmm. um or sorry not that i was okay with it i was i was i, I wouldn't change anything um, right and, but I think that, yeah, we don't talk about it because most people who are older, if you talk to someone older, would dismiss it. Mm-hmm. So it literally you have like a, your age plus or minus one year where people would be not dismissive of your questions. Have you ever approached someone like, cause I've never been approached by someone younger than me asking about like, what do you think about death? Uh, would you ever be dismissive to them? Because I don't, I don't think just for me, I, I would have ever done that but like even like a five-year-old or something if they're asking about it, like i would take that kind of more seriously and if i was 70 or something and talking to like a 30 year old i don't think i'd be dismissed but i don't know like i can't i can't really empathize here's the difference in my in in, in 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 how i think i would react if it was someone who was and i'll start with me being now if it was some if it was anyone now i would personally have more a more conversation like we're having right now i would right. talk about um what are what are your feelings about death um like just uh, uh what um what do you think uh increases or decreases it um what feelings are associated with it um so in terms of effort or connections 
to 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 realize that there are benefits to it and then the subsequent questions i go in today like mm-hmm. that that's a very um meaningful in-depth philosophical conversation um, yeah. if it was me two months ago probably at this point i would have the difference would have been instead of having these kind of open-ended questions and 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 possibly talking about how i feel mm-hmm. i would have talked about less about these abstract concepts per se um and i would have been a lot more concrete probably so if a, if, if a 16 year if a 16 year old or a 18 year like someone someone just finishing high school i don't know what to do with my life um life is so short i'm gonna die soon my my whatever um i i would you know probably ask you know what why are you so concerned about mortality and for example if their answer was well because um you know a family member passed away i would probably focus on that mm-hmm. i wouldn't focus on the actual question they had which is mm-hmm. how do you deal with mortality right. if it was another thing where it's like um i don't know what to do with my life um I would probably tackle that situation by saying, well, look, like I'm, I'm really not much older than an 18 year old or a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would describe all the things that I've done in that time. Like there is so much I can do and I wouldn't go back as an 18 year old because my life pre, pre probably my twenties, um, was very, um, uh, there's a lot of barriers for me to do things that I actually want to do. I couldn't eat how I wanted mm-hmm. that, that, that bugged me. Um, so there's a lot of foods I want to try a lot of places I want to go. Um, I still haven't gone to all those places. I haven't gone to any places really. Um, and there's, there, there, there's all these things that I can't do just because of my age. So I would say, well, if you're that young, well, look, I understand why you can't do things now, but like, look at all the things that you can do in your early twenties that are very tangible to do. And you don't have to, ruin your life to do them yeah like literally the the biggest thing that i would ever say is just like learn an instrument fuck learn an instrument just practice it like that's so easy doing little things like that you won't regret them when you get older yeah so and and then if and the same thing like if i was 70 talking to a 30 year old or a 40 year old i i two months ago i would probably do just brush them up you got lots of time well, I'd br- not only brush them off, but I would say all the, I, like, that's how I'd always do it. I always come back. I would always be very selfish. And I'd probably come back to me saying, look at all the things I have done. Well, what like, do you want to do? It's like the rich complaining about having too much money. You know, like, that's what it is when old people hear young people bitching about not having enough time. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're just oh, yeah, like, totally. yeah, they're just like are you fucking kidding me? I'm here on Skid Row, can't even afford a fucking house. And you're like, oh, my God, this yacht is too much. I cannot. Right, the, what the should I, where, where should I go with this yacht, you guys? This yacht only has five bathrooms. Yeah, like, and they're meanwhile, like, <laughs> there are fucking, six people on my boat. They don't all have a personal bathroom. <laughs> meanwhile, fucking old 89 year old Agnes is like chilling with newspaper for blankets. It's no, it's like, uh, so I get where they're coming off, like just brushing off these, these kids. But it, it is an attempt, I think, to have a more deeper conversation. Like, like, because. Like, I would love to know what an 80 year old's perspective on life is and all that stuff. But I think I would probably get that. Yeah, you got so much time. Why are you even worried about it? And the, the, the other the other thing is, 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 I guess, like personally, I always tried to avoid the 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 generic things because, you, you, you know, right. you see a lot of like articles online. And that's the thing. It's like you, you see a lot of articles of people interviewing someone on their deathbed and they have like the 50 things that you need to do or whatever to live a fulfilled life or whatever get that buckle list going and it's kind of like (laughs) i get it 
but it's so like a lot of them are either 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 vapid or abstract or there's no reasoning behind it like i more want to hear the story behind it mm-hmm. um and 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 like you know so so when i go if, if i went and read some seven-year-olds um what do you have to do to live a happy life you know what's the first thing go travel a lot yeah take say, risks well they'll say like have a family you know they'll say generic shit like like yeah you're right like have kids because you know you want someone to take care of when you're 80 you want those grandkids it's, I don't <laughs> it's that's the way it is though right that's and there that seems to be the the most common stuff it's like go travel have kids get into a relationship do all these things like, and i'm not entirely sure like i, I i'm still struggling personally like even in this conversation how those statements like I can't, I can't dichotomize them perfectly. How those statements are different from the conversation we're having now, mm-hmm. um, because you know they they probably are kind of very similar. But there's something, there's something at least for me when I read those things that that that, that, that there's, there's something missing, and I do, and I don't really know what it is. Do I really want a well, story? No, probably not. Because as I just said, two months ago, if someone asked that question, I would have. Um, pretty much said my life story and, and the reasoning why but like that's not exactly what i would want i, I think there's i think the those generic responses are are they're they're like action they're like action things actionable you know yeah 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 it's like what, what do you like if you, i think one of the reasons why people deflect discussions on mortality is, is because when you talk about mortality you're not talking about life you know, like it's, it's sort of like this inherent, this just base fact of existence is that you know, death happens, and um, just talking about it, uh, that uh, you know, you can't really do anything about it. I guess. Well, and it triggers so, anxiety, so, too. so it's unpractical. Like this whole this whole fucking conversation, my heart's been just palpating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm dying on my way home today. <laughs> that clock is ticking. Yeah, it's always we're talking every second. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, but, do you think, Teo, that's because, uh, like, people don't synthesize properly, like, between, like, this, how to metaphorically find um, meaning versus well, these tangible things? Like, yeah, sure, a way to metaphorically find meaning is to travel yeah. and do all of these things, but these are just, like, actionable suggestions. There's a ton of these things, but... I think it's the dichotomy of the implicit and the explicit. So, like, like what's conscious, what's subconscious? I think a lot of people associate actions uh, or, or associate intuitions or feelings or, like, subconscious uh, <laughs> metaphorical inclinations, if you know <laughs> what I mean, with specific behaviors, specific actions, like, oh, have a family. That's really meaningful. Mm-hmm. Or have, you know, but... Yeah, um, well, like, it, having it, a family it, is being surrounded by people that you love and stuff like that. And so it's like, yeah, there's there's the metaphorical inclinations, I guess, to having a family that come with it, right? And so, and so, so maybe the distinction between the two conversations is um, the implicit is made explicit. You know, in, in a podcast, probably it's going to be titled "Mortality," or, you know, <laughs> compared to asking uh, some random stranger on the street, you know, what, what do you think about death? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how do you so so going now that we kind of talked about it, like round table? How 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 do you each deal with it? Because it's like 
Gunner, you can't live at 100% mortality anxiety all the time. You have to have some sort of uh, coping mechanism. So like when these, when these things come up, like what do you, what do you pers- how do you either change your, change your mindset or like bring yourself down from the edge of mortality? <laughs> um, so uh, I either sleep or I work <laughs> as hard as I can. So I think I might be manic depressive. <laughs> that, because that, that sounds exactly what my, I used to do. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my coping mechanism. I either just get bummed out and I just like listen to other people talk about stuff, just like try to get my mind off it, or I um yeah, just try to like work and and make stuff for other people so that I won't be forgotten. So when you say when you say work, what do you mean by work? Like do you mean literally like, like, like our work or like, do you like mean... our work, like any kind of work that that I can put out there for other people to see. So it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is if it's a published paper or if it's no, some it's artistic expression. Yeah, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll go and just practice p- piano for a few hours and try to make a beat or something like that. Um sometimes I'll just try to like think of like a paper something like to make to to like write a review or something like that for a journal or something uh, along those lines yeah it's just pretty open-ended i just try to try to work right but yeah no it's it's a shitty way to cope with it i i'm first to admit i don't think i have a good way of coping with it because i either fixate on it and just like you know ruminate constantly or i just like try to totally put it off to the side and just put my my output as high as possible why why did you because you did if i remember correctly you did high school then a year of college directly then you took time off to travel why did you travel i didn't travel you didn't travel i thought you went to portugal and stuff that was like a two-week vacation and i I did that like two years ago oh it's two years is is that the only time you ever traveled abroad like you didn't do Uh, that when i was 15 i went to germany no i didn't do any big travel thing um i got out of high school i took a year off went to college hated it first semester did you take a year off just working that was it yeah yeah i worked like labor shit just like back breaking garbage shit and i was like this is not the life that i want i need to get education because i'll literally i'll blow my fucking head off in two years doing that um and so yeah so i went from there to college hated college uh because i was in engineering or something took another couple years off went back and got a degree and then now i'm at my master's Interesting. That's, that's, I didn't know that. I thought, cause you, you, when, when, when I started talking about going to Lisbon or whatever, you seemed so knowledgeable. Like, yeah, I've been to like, just, it just, it just like the context of it just sounded like you've been to like every hostel in Europe and you just travel everywhere. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. yeah. I have a maybe w- good way of bullshitting to make it sound super impressive, but no, yeah, I've been to, to Portugal, uh, and Germany. Those are the, well, Austria and Switzerland, because those are all, uh, adjacent countries. So mm-hmm. we, we drove, in a circle and hit all three germany austria and switzerland it's on the bodensee beautiful place in germany uh and austria and switzerland um so yeah i've been to four or five european countries because i was at the the airport in britain so that's about as worldly as i am (laughs) one thing i hate about i have to say one thing i hate about airports the fact that the security takes so long because i realized that on my on my flight i booked i'm going i'm hitting new york Mm. and i'm hitting london JFK and Heathrow? No, yeah. No, no, Heathrow's no, not. He, Heathrow's, Heathrow's New York. No, JFK is. Heathrow, I think, is no. South Africa. No, because I'm pretty no. sure, because I'm not flying in JFK, I'm flying into Heathrow, I'm pretty sure. I'm flying into not the not JFK airport of New York. I don't know what that is. That's I don't not know JFK. airports, but um, that sounds like it's shitty. Um, but Because uh, that's two stopovers, right? 
Yeah, you can't you can't get it. I'm not. So here's the thing: I could pay a direct flight, <laughs> and I would save about an hour of my time, and it was about twenty two hundred dollars. Or I could play two stops for an eighteen hour long flight. Not the big of a difference um, from sixteen to eighteen, and it was like twelve hundred dollars. Mm. So um, way cheaper. There's yeah. like there's like no layover time. See, like those those are one of those. So calls your time that, is not worth thousand dollars well, an hour. Well, that's the thing. Like <laughs> how how much how much time does it cost in your life to make a thousand dollars? You gotta make those gotta like, make those like calls. If 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 yeah, like like time if, is of the essence. If <laughs> I wasn't well, it's was funny. I was buying plane tickets because I because I legitimately when I buy when I buy stuff, I generally have that. Do you ever get plane anxiety because you're gonna die on the fucking plane? No, never. Dude, the first time I ever had a panic attack. I probably will, though, this time because my partner's not coming with me. First time I ever had a panic attack was from that. I was, like, certain that I was going to die. I was, like, breathing too much. Yeah, no, it was crazy. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna put some noise canceling headphones on and just like zone out. We were watching uh, plane crash videos on uh, on. Uh, oh man, you did that to yourself. Yeah, Shane, Shane Dawson. We were watching a compilation of he was doing some plane plane crashes. But anyway, I, I like just, while while you're on the plane, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But oh, that's like actually the worst thing to do. Okay, if there's two p- pieces of advice that I could give anybody in their life, don't ever Google. Or, or YouTube plane crash videos before a flight and never search up and watch the procedure of a surgery you're about to get. Those are two things that will just give you way too much fucking anxiety. I, I, going back to the airport thing, one thing, just because I have like a two hour and I, I think I have a two hour and a four hour layover, four hour in London, and a two hour in New York, um, that I was very much like, you know what I wish they had? I wish they had like an Epcot center of the city in the airport because I'm like, I really want to just leave and just be like walk around London for like an hour. But I know it's going to take me two and a half hours to get back into the airport across security. Yeah. Really all they need is like one of those double decker buses, one of the Queens guards, a little, little, uh, yeah, you just, you, you, just, you just a couple things. You, you, you go up, you go up, you're in the airport, and it's like, I want to go see the, the thing. You get you get on a security bus, you scan your little, like, passport key code, you have, like, a flight intended, you get shuttled in, like, these, like, blast doors, like, close, you can't get out, it's like, all the air is, like, siphoned through, and it's like, you cannot escape, but, hey, you don't have to pass security again. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be really nice. Um, and, Teo, how do you personally deal with it? Or... I don't remember the question. How do you, how do you like, like you, I, I don't know if you have as, has, has, uh, if you mentioned that you have as constant, uh, thoughts about mortality as Gunner does, but how do you, how do you bring yourself either? How do you, br- how do you bring yourself down from the dark spiral that is thinking about mortality? Do right. you get freaked out about that? Is that something that gives you a lot of pause for concern? Yeah, I think that. So, so there's, there's how I want to be, how I want to deal with it in the future, like, like. So okay, so so dealing with mortality is a recurrent thing for me. Um, it happens every now and then. It's not really every day, but it's probably maybe on average every week, uh, every two weeks. And I, I would say that I have dealt with it in a, in a, um, in, in a way that, you know, I would look for diversion or something, um, and, and try to just like run away from it. Um, and where, where I would like to be, and I'm not there yet is, um, 
recognizing that it's something that everyone it's just the, it's 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 just part of being human everyone deals with this um like we're all in this together and we we all have a ch we have a choice to um you know be there for other people or be taken care of you know and uh to try and you know help uh be, be a force of you know responsibility and good for everyone around you or 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 not um and of course there's a spectrum and it depends on situation whatever but uh where i'd like to be and how, how i respond to the more to feelings of mortality is is uh take that as a um a motivation to be to you know be strong for those around me and be a force for good yeah so you kind of find it a motivational kind of thing yeah interesting how about you tyler what do you uh, do uh, well do i you spiral I, out here's for me firstly i i i, I can't I, i've come to realize that i can't realize or i don't find comfort in knowing that everyone's gonna die so I was going to, yeah, I've never found <laughs> comfort in that. Like, oh yeah, it all has happened. And, and Teo kind of gave me some, com some, some vibes of, I get comfort when everyone's going to like, we're all in this together. Like we're yeah. all going to die. I, I can't do that. Um, I, and, and, and like, it's not well, even, it's, it, it, it's camaraderie. It's, it's, it's a comfort in camaraderie. It's not a comfort. In the yeah. Fact. Like, really like it's, it. it's not that like th th there's a benefit to me personally, because I, I again, I kind of have these nihilistic tendencies and I, 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 I'm kind of indifferent for the most part. So it's not the idea, like, like I'm okay with the idea of, this is going to be kind of awkward to explain. I'm okay with the idea of other people passing. Like that's not personally what bothers right. me, yeah. but I also, and, and it's, so it's not like I get, it's when I say I don't get confident in, in, in that we're all in this together. It's like, it's like, I'm not getting disc. I'm not getting discomfort from the fact that other people are going to pass. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the camaraderie of it just doesn't comfort me. It's like if we all had to, you know, take a trip, but you couldn't take anyone else with you. I don't see how there's the camaraderie in that. Yeah. Maybe, like you're maybe not, you're why. not with anyone else. Like dying, you're fucking alone. It's it. There's no one with you. You're with your head, your your thoughts. That's you can't communicate with the other world. There's no other people. What camaraderie is there for that? And, so that's where I kind of just I don't see and, the camaraderie and, and, in dying. And maybe dying. and maybe for me, I I don't feel discomfort in, I don't feel the discomfort for other because of other people's passing. Maybe it's more just I feel discomfort because I'm selfish and I, I like for internally, regardless of us being on a team as as it kind of I guess you were kind of saying um just now is regardless if i'm on a team and we all experience this i just i i, I recognize that it's very very short mm -hmm. um and 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 for me this this comes a lot from uh looking at a lot of life um with very good mathematics uh so a lot of the times I like, even in my, even in my re it's followed me to my research and stuff is I do not like, I do not like absolutes. 
I like relatives. I speak with relatives. I will never say yes and no. I will say probability or probably or probably not as my yes and no. It drives people insane. Mm -hmm. um, and so you kind of have to if you're a scientist. Yeah, you, you, you do. But for people just like, give me a yes or no. I'm like, probably. Yeah. I don't want to commit. You it's don't know what's going to happen. Like that's, that's statistically <laughs> something could happen. So if I say yes, then that, it, that you're assuming that it's going to happen. I'd rather not explain myself scientists when are something like, comes up. Scientists are like the eight balls, the magic eight balls of people. They always just give those like really non-committal non answers. Like, yeah, it's in the cards. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I think, I, I think I just recognize that you do that too. And people are like, you come to a lab party? And you're like, yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see if I feel <laughs> like it. Um, but... Uh, the the so so one thing for numerically if there's anything i can ever quantify into a number i don't like quantifying into absolutes so i hate i hate i hate grams for example i hate kilograms i hate i hate liters i hate this i want to know the percent change or the full change so you know i don't care that my four liter jug of milk is now at three liters i want to i look at it as i've lost 25 percent of my milk um and that's how I've always looked at things. Mm -hmm. That is a, and, and, I, and I think that for me, it's more general. It's, 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 it's more general, but it's also um, a terror, like, because I remember since I was, again, probably 10, like nine or 10 when I learned percentages, it's immediately how I looked at life. That's a really bad, bad way. So I think. when you're 10, <laughs> when you're 10, You've already used up sixteen percent of your life, and you haven't done anything you can Nothing. do because you are at the you are at the, the the control of your parents. Fuck, man, eight eight percent of your life, you're not even conscious for it. Your your consciousness hasn't even awoken yet, really. Twenty when by the time and 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 and, and actually, like when we were talking about um, there's that one podcast I think it was called Education One Hundred and One, when we were talking about um, how we could change the system. Um, a lot of the times, uh, Gunner said, you know, you should increase the mandatory. Um, length of school mm -hmm. you said something along that lines um and the, one of the reasons i realized that i had a very knee-jerk reaction to that is because i get pissed that i have no control over 20 percent of my life and yeah. and 20 percent of my life is sitting in a classroom Dude. so the fact that you give people homework and you expect them to go home and then do more schoolwork, i'm like you it's like now it definitely is 25 percent, and it's, it's assuming you live till 80. it's so much more though because they're like you're asleep for 45% of your life, right? So are you taking that into account? Because um, like, if you sleep for 45%, no, I, really you're only working with a base level of 55% of 80 years I, 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 So you're working with 40-ish years. So when you look at that, I well, don't, now, now you're fucking, you're, you're trapped essentially for like 20 years. Thankful, like, like, like a half of your life in thank, school and stuff. Thankfully, I've never, I've never extrapolated my percentage reduction to sleeping, because I, I, I do not like the, the, the current, like especially the current. It's a very, very modern notion, especially now, because everyone kind of has this hustle mentality, or a lot of people have this hustle mentality, and I'm okay with the hustle mentality. But what I don't like is the hustle mentality at the expense of sleep deprivation, mm. because I think if you look at the uh, someone just did someone just did a, probably Forbes or something. They did they 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 kind of asked um, the top fifty people, monetary peep earners in the world, mm -hmm. um, what is your secret to success? Only one of them said sleep less or sleep more. Only one of them out of and guess, 100? And guess who that was? 
not Elon. It was not Elon. <laughs> Elon said sleep less. Kylie Jenner said sleep less. Like all these people said sleep less. Yeah. Um, a lot of people said, you know, you got to work more. You got to you got to spend more time at you got to sleep less. You got to make sacrifices. You got to not see your family, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. The only person was actually the number one person who earns the most in the world. Jeff Bezos? It was just Bezos. He's like, yeah, go sleep more. He's like, every pe- people should stop pushing this notion that you have to sleep six hours to be successful get your eight hours of sleep and that's and that's why i like i don't i don't um personally like putting that in there because i'll, I'll sleep as much as i want usually it's around seven eight hours um but you know these last weeks have been kind of or these last couple of days have been kind of um on the the stressful side where i had to stay up super late so i slept until like 11 a.m mm-hmm. i mean i went to bed at 2 a.m so i still slept for the, my normal amount of time but i i i, I won't i'll get the sleep that i need mm-hmm. and i won't you know, if I if I had to stay up till two a.m. for whatever reason, I won't wake up at eight like I normally do or seven like I normally do, just because yeah. I need to keep my amount of living hours on track. Um, so thank <laughs> so thankfully thankfully, thankfully I've always been very pro sleep, so I've never introduced the necessity to sleep into that percentage. Yeah, um, I'll just sleep how much I need to, um, and that's my choice, which is why I don't put it in there. Um, but. Yeah, like, like, so, so, so now the, 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 and again, this is assuming an ideal world and, um, an ideal amount of time. And in now that I'm like, I'm three years away from 30, I think, um, the, I'm now getting close to one third or I am at one third of my life being done mm-hmm. which is again don't think your life in percentages no and because the, and, the scary thing also when you think about it is if you think your life in percentages like that and this is where my mortality happens if you think of life percent you think of your life in percentages but then you also recognize that because time is relative to the human brain things are flying by faster and faster yeah. and faster because as you experience more well, yeah, time compresses. 80, when you're 80, one year feels like an 80th. When you're two, it's half, yeah. half of your life, right? So, yeah. it's, it's so when you compound percentage yeah. with the things going faster, I'm like, effectively, I have 33% left. But, but those rel- years rel- are worth rel- relatively, less. they're worth less because it's comp- compressed yeah. more. However, I get at le- the, the benefit, the slight benefit is at least I should have financial freedom. Yeah, those, theoretically, those years should be more leisurely based, right? Which is kind of what the what the goal typically is, is so that you can spend like ten percent of your life or some last ten ten percent just chilling, hanging yeah. out, and having a good time because you spent so much of it doing, um, yeah, just hustling. Have you heard of uh, researchers who are trying to make it so that we don't die anymore? So there's, like, I mean, yeah, it's the it's the senescism or whatever. Yeah, senescence, cellular death by senescence. So there's a bunch of like theory. I think there's like eight, eight factors. Like these include telomeres, mitochondrial damage, just general reactive oxygen species, which uh, kill yeah. your cells and stuff like that. There's a ton of them. So, so, but one of the researchers, I think he's really cool. His name's Aubrey de Grey. I definitely, I think he has a Ted talk and stuff. He's super cool. Uh, and he's trying to cure death essentially make it so that we don't die from, senescence age related death and essentially just try to make it so that you can choose when you want to go and you can stop your body from aging at some some point and then just chill at that age 50 whatever start taking a pill helps you 
that would be lovely. It would be lovely, but my 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 uh, cynicism on that <laughs> is that by the t- if that did come out, I would probably be like seventy, and I'm like, man, I don't want to live in a seventy spot. Yeah, you, <laughs> you need something that like it's a cellular fixer to like reverse it back to like thirty or twenty, and then you and that's another and that's care. another eighty years to get the, the reverse so aging. You, <laughs> so you just you just hold it seventy <laughs> until you're 150, and then go back to twenty once they figure that that out. There's also other ways, like, um, there's non-biological ways that, like, um, if you were to upload your consciousness onto the internet. No, we're not going back into AI. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a, that, I think it would be uh, one of those methods that you could, you could evade, essentially, mortality. Yeah, but, but, the, you would, but the scary thing about that one is you shed uh, your body, and I think your body is half of what being a human being yeah. alive is. But then, but then, you know, the, the other thing for me is it's 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 that black. Like it's actually a Black Mirror episode that I remember, um, whereby you can upload your consciousness, but your body still exists. Mm. Um, so when you do that, it's not necessarily a transfer of con- consciousness; it's a killing of one and a recreation of another. Yeah, yeah. So you're not the same person. No, that's why I always, I always. And think that is terrifying yeah. to me. I'm like, you're technically killing yourself. Yeah. So the well, so one per so so essentially when you do that, the one person who's downloading the consciousness, um, they're screaming, "Why are you killing me?" And then the uploading person's like, "Hey, I'm happy. I'm alive again." Yeah. And that is right. Uh, well, it's the whole like teleportation paradox, right? You would have to kill yourself every single time you want to teleport. That's the only way it works. Unless you like shift the universe around you. I don't know how that would. I, I'm not a fucking physicist and Star Trek guys. Hey, Leave me a, alone. There's a very fun, phys- there's a very fun uh, physics book. And again, I'm getting off topic, but there's a very fun one. Um, what's it called? Um, I, I got it on Audible. Um, and it's around this idea of. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil the book, but it is essentially. Um, it's around the it's 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 got pretty decent it's a it's a nonfiction or sorry it's a fiction sci-fi fiction and it's got pretty decent physics around the idea of how teleportation would have to work mm-hmm. and the book is called the fold cool and uh oh is it like you would have to fold space time around you I don't want to spoil it. It's the, the, but it the would, title. But it it would make you never want to teleport ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think teleportation or time travel are, are really viable from a human being's perspective. I listen to it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's how teleportation would have to work. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, but going going back to 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 the question of how how I deal with it, um, and, and again, not going back to that question because the my answer to that segues into my next question. Um, or my next dis- minor discussion piece as we hit the latter half of this um, discussion. And the, 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 one, the one thing before I get into that is the one thing that I, ex- did, did, I personally did not expect to deal with in my graduate studies doing my PhD is a lot of people talk about how difficult it is, how hard it is, how much work it is, how much you have to... Uh, read and do and how much like in and, and how much you you can't get from life for so many years because you don't make enough money to go and travel and things the one thing that i've never heard people talk about which i just found interesting um and we can talk about this in some other podcasts but the idea that the 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 phd actually triggers the most mortality that you i've ever had because to 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 do 
at least from my perspective, to, to accept finishing my PhD. So I transferred from a master's to a PhD. Um, and I'm going into my third year of it is the realization that I could have continued my previous job as a high school teacher. I didn't really enjoy it, so there's sacrifices there. But the idea that the, the transfer is four years of my life, that is time-consuming enough that I can't really do anything else, or it's really hard to. So if I want to um, you know, work on my YouTube, which I, in a way, I didn't exactly leave my... Uh, YouTube side of my life for my degree. It was kind of a couple of years before that uh, for more mental health reasons, but for just for the sake of the story, um, leaving what I want to do, which is create just videos. I don't really care who watches it um, for this degree is kind of like, I'm, I'm now not doing something else because I have to do this, mm-hmm. which is while it may be fulfilling in the long run, it's, fulfilling now in the sense of I enjoy doing it, but it's also like the, un- the, the realization that it's very, um, not inhibitive, but there's a lot of barriers to doing it. Um, like immediately you're kind of in like your own fortress of, I can't, it's hard for me to travel. It's hard for me to, yeah, it's um, a lot of sacrifices, spend time and do things. And, and, and that is one thing I've, I've never, I've, which kind of baffles me. I've never seen anyone in a graduate degree ever talk about, them getting mortality or the idea of mortality from doing it. It's like my life is too short to be doing this right now. Yeah. So, so, so one of the scary things is like, um, uh, like initially when I went and took it on, my supervisor, like it's going to take you six years. And, and, and right now it looks like I can actually squeeze it out in four. Um, and, but still it's like, so hopefully it is four because then I'll be 29 when I graduate. But like, if it's five, to graduate to to say i'm i'm a doctor and i'm th- I'm, a, I'm a phd doctor and i'm 30 that is kind of very demoralizing mm-hmm. not because it's a, it's a, it's an old age to get a phd or by any means but it's the you, you you realize how much you've sacrificed and then for some people like to get very far in their academic career which is why i don't really want to go into academia is you don't really get quote far in your academic career until you're 50 or 60 mm-hmm. like i'm going to spend half my life just trying to get a quote respectable career yeah that is not something that i want to mentally deal with no because, no and it seems like we're kind of shoehorned with the way that our society's set up that you have to you're, if you're, you want to go yeah, academia, yeah. Well, n- even if you want to just live as a person, like, no, yeah, you, you have so. to spend like 20 years of your life just learning how to work so that you can get a job to waste your life working. It's fucked up. It's weird um, that, that we have to literally spend probably conservatively 80% of our time on this planet just working for the the joy of having money and then being able to like be self-sufficient it's a weird system that we have going where people are essentially just farmed for their for their labor it's fucked up and there are social norms to uh keep people doing that too and to which makes it really hard to just be independent and uh uh you know work for yourself and work for your family um and create what you want to create because you have to navigate these uh, expectations, like, like you were saying, uh, th- there's this pressure to get a 
um, sort of universally uh, accepted, respected career or, or respectable career. Yeah, yeah. I think the the whole um, like comparing yourself to thing that we do nowadays doesn't help with this because I see some people and they're like twenty two. And they're just living their life like a fucking boss. And then I'm like, you know, sitting up in Canada, freezing my balls off, trying to cure Alzheimer's. And it's like, what the fuck did I do? That I uh, like, did I are, did I kill someone in my past life that are, I don't get to have fun on a yacht? Are, are you are, when you when you say that, when you do that comparison, are you comparing yourself to people who are more successful financially? Or, yeah, yeah, or that's people what I mean. who like, like, like like I look at Justin Bieber, the kid's like fucking six years younger than me, and sure <laughs> he has like talent or whatever, but like he's like 21. And he lives like such a cool life. Like I wouldn't want it, but it looks really cool. But I think like it's, it's a lot of stuff under the, under the surface, but it's just like those kinds of things. Like it, it just, it's, it's life is so unfair. And then to top it off, everyone has to die. So you get, you know, some people who just get this extravagant ride for their entire time that they're here and other people who just get this shit ride. Like, you know, and it's, it's so unfair. That's my that's my thoughts on mortality. It just seems so unfair and such a slap in the face to give us consciousness and then just like take it away and make everything so unfair. Fuck. <laughs> well, that, that's that's the absurdity of existence. Yes, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I see why you brought up the absurd earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to be happy just pushing that fucking rock <laughs> up that hill right. because you know no one else is going to get that rock up to the top of the hill. <laughs> So personally, going into the question for myself of how I deal with it, one, I, I've, I, I've realized that um, in my, again, because I've been hit with it so hard by doing this degree and um, becoming more okay with my own non-depressed state of life, um, that the, I need... For me, it's it's I need some sort of I need some sort of tangible creation that I find um, has meaning, mm -hmm. and I know that's like that's that's life fulfillment. <laughs> but like for like going to going to Gunner's point, um, where he was mentioning that you know he he just wants to put something out there that someone can use. So he was talking about, for example, he would write a review paper or he would publishes research personally for me i i to me that is a meaningless contribution because sad is it because the universe is eventually going to die in a heat death no it's not it's not even that <laughs> it's it's just it's just to know that anything i publish or anything i research from a realistic standpoint is going to push that boulder such a unmeasurable minuscule tiny amount that and, and I and I would have in the hour and percentage of my hours of my life that I would have been put in to make that research or write that review, the amount that I move the world so socialism boulder mm -hmm. um, up the hill is is gonna basically not move. But the thing is, when you have seven billion people on the planet and everyone's pushing that boulder an inch, like that fucker's going up to Everest. Yeah. So so the, like the other thing is like for me to. I look at I look at every hour I spend, which I wish I didn't. But I look at every hour I spend as a um, a personal fulfillment, but also like a societal 
boulder pushing mm-hmm. for fulfillment. Yeah, and, you have your personal and, boulder and the society boulder. And 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 for me, I think <laughs> for me, I think that the 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 both those boulders could be pushed further by me not doing what I'm doing. How though? So so yes, I can push this boulder. Yeah. But um for me to to say that I'm going to publish three papers in four years, I've spent whatever forty hours a week for fifty weeks. So what's that two thousand hours in my life? Um or mathematically that is eight percent of my it's life. Just one year. Um or but four, like for, for all of for all whatever, of it. Yeah. yeah. For four years for assuming an eighty year life, that's eight percent of my whatever in my life um to push it that little to push i'm not only basically not moving my own boulder mm-hmm. i'm barely moving the other boulder and i think that for me right, right i can net more boulder movement by doing legitimately almost anything else well that's a do, do, do you mean like you, you might be able to find a new boulder that needs to be pushed well, I would find a new boulder. Through, through ingenuity, there's only two. You know? There's only two boulders, but I might be able okay. to. I might be able to just if I did something else. Yeah, like if you were a YouTuber or something, so you'd make more of an impact on society than publishing stuff and, and more and more personal fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I if if I was just say, you know, let's just say I I, I made shit all money, but like I was working at a like so let's say I was a high school teacher. Um. That, you know, as of right now, personally, a high school teacher pushes both those boulders more than what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I, how, though? Like, because if, if, if your own personal boulder is... My own personal like, boulder is like, never work. It's so, so, so... For me, anyway. I would say it's whatever you make it, though, isn't it? Like, because if oh, your yeah. own personal boulder is like, I, I want to help kids, right? And that's just so happens to be a societal boulder that you can push at the same time. You're kind of doing doing the same double thing. Yeah, you're double bouldering at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so going to that, like, um, like there, there's, there's two things that kind of in life that I kind of get fulfillment from. One of them is uh artistic expression and creation and stuff like that the other and i had a very long conversation that was distilled down um in a nice sentence um was the other thing is that i want to be the 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 example not the example but like a a a guiding lighthouse so, so in what that means is to show, to, to, to live a life that is um, representative to show people who did not live with um, great privilege that they can still get through everything mm-hmm. um, um, well and be well on the other side. They can right. be, um, they don't have to do what society expects of them or what parents expect of them or whatever. And then, but then also the, on, on that kind of those two same notes that you don't, you don't have to go to university. You don't have to, um, and you don't have to accept that what everyone tells you is 
the truth. You can you can critique things, you can question things, and kind of these um, moral philosophy building things. That's kind of where I get value from. So for 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 as a as a as a high school teacher, I get a much high as a high school teacher versus I'm a PhD student who TAs a couple classes and occasionally lectures. Um, I can put I experience way more students as a high school teacher than I would currently. Mm -hmm. So I'm pushing my boulder faster. And then in terms of the artistic expression, because I'm making more money, yeah, I, I kind of don't like the the politics of the job and everything, but that would allow me to do a lot more of my artistic expression. That would allow me to um, travel and and, 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 and by, by traveling and, and, and making um, artistic creations through traveling, um, I can then, it's furthering the idea that I'm, I can show people who didn't have a very privileged upbringing that they can also, um, do the same thing that I can do. Yeah. Um, so, so, so in that, so, so like when you think about it that way, I'm pushing my boulders faster. Well, this, this, what I'm doing now could push my boulders faster in the long game. Yeah. But as yeah. of right now, because, you know, maybe I'm a bit skeptical, I have to still accept that I don't know how, if this is going to really change anything. Yeah. It could. I, I got this podcast from it. I'm quite happy where I live. I wouldn't, like, one of the reasons I'm doing my PhD is because I just kind of am living in the city where I can. And it's either, I either did a PhD or I continued teaching. And I said, I'm going to do a PhD because I don't know. Um, and, and, and for me, um, I like, it's kind of self-inducing of mortality, but I like living with uncertainty mm -hmm. because if, it, you know, if I taught for the rest of my life, as we kind of talked about before, I might, even though, it's, even though I, even though I'm sitting here sitting in this chair right now saying that that stream is going to push my boulders faster at the end of my life, I don't want to say, well, what if I did get a PhD? What would have happened? Well, and also like, who knows, man, if you kept being a teacher, maybe on your way to work one day, you get hit by a you car get hit, you and, get hit by and a you wouldn't, and you wouldn't have been doing that if you had gotten your PhD. Yeah. So there's a ton of like these, what, what ifs and unknowns, but I think the best thing about life from my point of view is that we have a bit of choice and we have a bit of control in it. And, and we have a bit of an ability to change our circumstances and, and, and choose the boulders that we decide to push up these hills. It doesn't have yep. to be like you can, you can choose to, and, and you make the boulder whatever you want it to be, right? Because it's your own personal struggle. So if your own personal struggle is just to make it through a day, like that can be a boulder. Like that's fine. And you might not be pushing society's boulder. The, the, the object of the game isn't just to push boulders. It's to be glad that you're pushing boulders. So that's kind of just find a boulder that is nice and smooth for you to handle and enjoy what you have because you have a boulder and you're walking up a hill and it's a beautiful day. Yeah. Um, which is good advice. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, it's good advice. Um, it's kind of how I deal with it though, is this right, right now I'm kind of dealing with the, just, um, doing everything that just leads to the most uncertainty possible. <laughs> I just, just want to inject I, chaos. Directly. I just want to live in entropy. <laughs> and, just main vein in chaos. <laughs> and, 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 and beca because, because, because yes, like these, what if questions do distress me and I, and I do put a lot of emphasis on it and I'm just like, I just want to try and do things. I don't want to really sit passively through life. Um, yeah. but the, but the issue of living with entropy is just because this is the entropy I chose at this moment. 
it's very difficult knowing that, you know, I would have had other entropy if I continued teaching, but it's just, it, 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 there's, there's other boulders too, like my artistic mm -hmm. boulder and my influence boulder that aren't moving right now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my societal boulders mm -hmm. basically not moving, which a lot of people think it would be moving, but I just think of graduate um, see, publications but, as very minuscule things. I don't even know because you don't even know whether or not your boulder's moving or not, like your societal boulder. Like if, if, you're, if the whole goal is to, is to help society be a little bit better, you getting a PhD, you could make in 40 years, who the fuck knows where life, this Plinko fucking game of life leads you. And maybe you cure Alzheimer's okay. or maybe you do something that has a long-term impact that okay. all of a sudden a it doesn't just move the boulder an inch. Like a hundred years after your, your death, it like fucking catapults that bitch over the hill and like yeah. onto another one. Like it yeah. could be. Like, like a good analogy is, I, I guess, the best analogy I can think of is that uh, I'm sitting here right now where I can see that my other boulder is sitting over there. It's on the side of a sunny mountain with a casual, gradual incline. It's a 1.3 degree incline, and it's, it's nice it's, meadow. It's, there's bunnies and yeah. daffodils. Yeah, you, yeah. There's a Starbucks every like three blocks, um, and uh, you know everyone's having a good time over there. There's a party over there. Um, meanwhile, I'm over here doing a 40 degree incline um, with a 700 pound boulder in like zero visibility where i can only see like literally the boulder from my face as i'm running as fast as i can but i can't tell if this it's is a my, sand dune but i can't tell if i'm like yeah i can't tell i'm on a sand dune so i can't tell if i'm actually moving anything <laughs> or if i'm just running in the same spot um but who knows maybe that if i push it you know that one micrometer that i'm at the I, 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 maybe I'm just at the peak of a, a peak mm -hmm. of a hill and now, and when I, and, 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 and it could possibly be where it's like, I get over the peak and it rolls down and it catapults onto a, you yeah. know, a whole entire new plateau. Yeah. Um, I discover something I have, I have no idea, but that, but like, when you look at that, it's very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. And it's scary, especially when you think of life in percentages. and percentages. It's, it's, and it's terrifying. <laughs> and I think that's when it comes down to it, the crux of life is that because we're so constrained by time, not only the fact that we're only here for 80 years, but that we can't move forward or backwards at will. We have to sit here and chrono chronologically sit through this fucking thing. And, and we don't know what's going to happen next. And I think that that feeling of the unknown and that we only have so long and we don't know what the hell is coming next. It kind of just builds up into just these feelings of, of, of doom and, and anxiety. And it's just un, un, unwarranted fear, I think. Because at the end of the day, it's not, it's, well, only, you, it's only death. It's only the unknown. You kind of have to embrace it, don't you? Yeah. Like if, if this is all this unknown and all this chaos, and you, it seems to me like the best solution is to just embrace it. Mm -hmm. Do what you're doing by maximizing the chaos so that you have even more unknown to resolve. <laughs> so one, like, it's so, so rounding it out to the, the I guess, the, the New Year's is that, like, tangibly, what I'm doing now that kind of helps my mortality is, you know, last year was um, the drawing the pictures, just creating something, spending, put, forcing myself to spend time that wasn't work. Um, near the end of the year, um, I tried to, didn't really work very well, but I tried to say, I'm going to do, um, go somewhere that I haven't gone every weekend, meaning go for a hike. It doesn't mm -hmm. really matter. Just want something different, experience something different, um, break the routine. Um, and then, other thing that helped was um this 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 podcast essentially it gave me something new to do every week um which was nice and it created something um going forward 
one thing that I want to do this year, as I said, I think in the last episode was create one video a month, just keep adding to that other boulder that hasn't moved in, in forever. Um, so closing out this episode and this podcast, um, there are, I have two questions. Um, first, what would you like this is going this is, this is to be kind of an accountability question. What would you, what is one thing, doesn't have to be extravagant, what is one thing you would like to accomplish this year? And then what is at least one thing that you 100%, at least one thing that you like to accomplish before your inevitable black, not or not black abyss? <laughs> Jeez. So I, I, I can start what you two think about it. Um, so like, for example, you know, one nothing nothing too extreme like one thing that i that i would like to accomplish here is i would really like to at least make 12 videos of some kind whether that is um um the science um anthony bourdain thing that i've been talking about for literally six years seven years eight years at this point um i just you know time is a thing that is a pain when you work um happy to do that so create something in a video content it could be a it could be something as simple as a vlog it could be something as simple as a or as complex as a, one of my science ideas in my head um uh that's basically what i want to um tangibly accomplish this year there are other things i want i need to accomplish such as um passing my oral defenses and all that stuff but i <laughs> those don't actually add to my boulder rolling personally um, that I can see because I'm in a fog and I'm rolling up hill and I can't see shit and I'm, I'm insane and I'm insane. <laughs> Don't even uh, know if you're going uphill. You're just running with a boulder. Yeah. <laughs> For all I know, one leg could be longer than the other, and I'm just running in a circle. <laughs> oh uh, my god, what was that movie, The Sahara or something? They yeah, said that. Yeah. Um, and then you know things just and and oh oh yeah yeah the uh, the other thing that I would like to and, and it, this this is not necessarily before my death per se, but it's something that I'm starting with uh, my work in air quotations trip to uh Li portugal lisbon lisbon portugal you city then country um is i would like to put money aside to start doing something travel wise every year mm -hmm. um which really sucks for me because i'm a very materialistic per not very materialistic person but like you know, when I sit there and I, like, for example, this uh, work trip is going to cost, let's say, three thousand um, dollars. Knowing that three thousand dollars could buy the noise canceling headphones for my flight that I want, because mm -hmm. um, I just in case there's a baby and I can't sleep, I'm going to go insane. Oh I know God. that. I just know. I just know Dude, that last that, time. That, actually, last time I flew from Lester B. Pearson International to Lisbon, baby crying from one in the fucking morning all the way until like seven or eight. So I'm going to get some noise canceling <laughs> headphones because I know it's going to be a good investment. It's going to um, happen. And I'm going to buy relatively expensive ones. Um, and, you know, other things I, I could get, like, with that money, I, I could buy podcast interface that I would like better than this one. Um, but at the end of the day, um, things that would help making videos, just make it more easy. I could do all that, but I, I, I want to start putting money aside for travel. Um, because I, because I guess with this trip, I realized that it's not really super expensive, really. It's just, you spend your money, a lot of stupid shit every year. Um, so I'm going to try to spend less money on that stupid shit and try to travel once a year. Um, so 
actually this year, because technically Lisbon's a work trip, I'm trying to do one more at the end of August or something Where'd like that. Where'd you go? No idea. I haven't chosen yet. Do like uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, it also depends on how much money I can save up by that time. It's cheap. It's cheap in Eastern Europe, I hear. I, I, Comparatively. I, yeah, I, I hear that too. Um, but, also cheap in Portugal. But like, you know, it's like if I have $1,500. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I have no idea. So that's 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 the thing that I'm going to try to do going forward. And that's kind of accomplishes what I want to do before my death, which is I want to see things. But I don't want to see things. I want to really see things. Mm-hmm. So one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to um, personally do what a lot of people do in their once they kind of graduate high school where they tend to see a lot of different countries in Europe and Eastern Asia and all that stuff, but they don't really spend time there. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they just tour through and party pretty much. Like for, for, for me, for, for Lisbon and Portugal, it's like I'm going to go there and, I'm gonna, and, and I really want to stay there for seven, five to seven days because that's what people say you can stay in Portugal and you can kind of see every, literally everything in that area for four for within 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of want to do that and not just country hop for the sake yeah. of saying yeah. I've been to a bunch of places. Yeah. Um, I want to Airbnb everywhere because I don't want to go live in, I don't want to live in a hotel cause I want to kind of more experience more. Yeah. No, you got to get that uh, intimate, intimate view of the world. I think spend, spend a little bit more money at the Airbnbs to get a good view. You know, don't be so cheap. You can find those gems that like oh, yeah. 50 bucks. And I it's found, like, I, Oh my God. <laughs> I found, I found one for Lisbon. I get, I get to see over whatever that was it Mediterranean. No, that's the Atlantic. It's actually Atlantic. Cause yeah, they're right on the outside. Um, I get to pretty much stare right out my fifth floor window and look that's right cool. at the Atlantic. It's beautiful. It, but like, it, it trips was, me out staring out into the ocean. And it was, and it was very like the interest, like, and, and, and it kind of sucked in a way because I'm staying for 11 days, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, whereby you know most airbnbs there are no joke 35 dollars a night i spend i think 88 dollars a night yeah which is it stacks that's up a, over 11 that's a nights good that's a good airbnb but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i want to, i i don't want to do it and then realize i didn't do it the best i could have mm-hmm. yeah that's fair so who wants to go what what is one thing you want to accomplish this year and what is one thing at least one thing you like to accomplish before your death Don't give give me your whole bucket list. Taylor got it. Well, um, I'm actually uh, made. I'm actually going pretty hard on the resolutions this year. Um, Oh, it's more than running. You totally told us running. (laughs) What? You're going hard on the resolutions this year. Yeah. So you're doing more than running. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I love hearing (laughs) this. Okay, let's go. Well, I'll, 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 I'll give the give you the the general one. The general one is that I, I haven't, I have a, an issue with like finishing projects. I'm really good at starting projects and having ideas and then starting it. Yeah, but actually like making a plan and a timeline to um, get all the steps for the project concrete and finish it. <laughs> that's that's something I've struggled with. So um, I want to be able to like finish this year looking back and uh seeing that like i actually finished the projects i started and i have, I have a few that i want to do mm-hmm. um but I, I i but regardless of how each individual project goes i, I want to be able to look back and be like yeah i i saw them through mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe i didn't do it as well as i it's, could have but is is, is there yeah. one project in particular that we would see 
that I could look forward to just out of curiosity that you'd, yeah, li- that you'd um, be willing to share? Sure. So um, I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was the beginning of this podcast, but I actually am developing a, a theory of harmony <laughs> for, for music um, based on some math research I did over the summer and last fall and, and also just random thinking over the last like six years. Um, and um, wanted to put it all into uh, a short booklet, about 50 to 60 pages. And accompanied with it is um, a whole bunch of chord charts that sort of define uh, you know, where every chord and scale fits um, relative to each other. So that's, that's something that I, that's a, that's a project I, I want to have finished by about April or May. And on top of that, I want to uh, get a community of like composers and musicians, any size, um, working on it and, uh, you know, just like talking about it and exploring its possibilities. Get a Reddit so, going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Subreddit. Yeah. So, so, some, some forum set up so mm-hmm. that, you know, people are exploring it and it, it catches on a little bit. I, I would, that above all, I would love to have that be successful by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be have cool. Having having a little bit of exposure to that system, I like it. I think it makes sense to me. Yeah. And it uh, sounds good, too. The results. Thanks. I'll endorse it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to get you on board. Yeah. Join oh, the God. I Am mean, I a I musician mean, uh, now? <laughs> Composer. <laughs> mm. And uh, one that you would like to do before your color undescribed... <laughs> resolution yeah. yeah the the death thing the big d word yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um specific thing i mean no i i i don't know what my future entails enough to to really come up with like a specific is achievement it, just a bucket maybe list more of a is there nothing on your bucket list like not even a something you would like to do that you haven't done um we could we could come back to you if you have to think about that. I, if, if you don't have one, that's, that's that that in itself I find interesting. I mean, I, th- I think I, it's more of a perspective goal, but mm. I, I guess but like I, I would like to, I want to be someone who is um, who can take on a lot of responsibility, you know, and support a lot of people close to me. Mm-hmm. I would like to be there, you know, yeah. uh, when I'm like 60, 70. 50 <laughs> um really reliable be the fucking but, boss uh, reliable well, healthy yeah mentally present that kind of thing but uh, specific things I, I think you know if um i i think it'd be a lot of fun to just study physics just study the heck out of physics as like a hobby i, I kind of have this fantasy of being like a stay-at-home dad and <laughs> studying physics like just, doing a part-time PhD or something. Nerd out with the babies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be cool. Be but nice. I guess just keep learning and take it seriously. Yeah. Keep learning. Yeah. Connor, what about you? Me, um, 2019, I'm going to release my first EP, LP. I don't know what the uh, lingo uh, is. Yeah. Album? LP, well, short of that, EP. EP. I think uh, nine I think it's the other songs. way around. Did I do that the other way around? 
Nine yeah. or ten songs. So I think that's an extended LP. play and long, long play. I think. Yeah. Nine or ten. Yeah. That sounds like an LP. Yeah. I want to get that out because, um, as I said, that's a huge um, goal for me. Just life-wise, just releasing things to out into the world for people to enjoy. Hopefully, they enjoy it. If they don't, fuck them. Someone will. <laughs> question. <laughs> question though is is there is there a reason why you want to make it an album format versus doing like the Asian release schedule of just singles? Um, I like the format a lot more. I want it to have a coherent theme throughout, so I don't want to just release. Like I've been working on uh, like the kind of idea behind it, and so I don't want to release just a bunch of dis, like bunch of tracks just. Over a week, I want to have kind of just like a little project that has a nice beginning, middle, and end. So it's like an artistic expression. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because because one thing, like personally for me, it's like I like the idea of like things stringing through, but like I would personally release it as like a slow burn. I, I'm going to. I, I I definitely plan on just releasing tracks as just like the toss them out there uh, as I as I can. But yeah, no, my 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 goal for this year is to um, release an EP LP. That's awesome. Music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then for my bucket list item, it's weird because the first thing that jumped to my head was carjack a motherfucker. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> I just, I was playing GTA the other day and I just, I feel like that would be like the most, like just bash a guy's head on this, like some punk who has it coming, right? Like, you know, lifted up truck and he's like puffing smoke out the side because he has a vaporizer and just smash his head on the steering wheel and drag him out and throw him and then just drive the truck like four blocks, not far, and just like jump out and just let it hit the side of a wall and then just leave. Um, but, but <laughs> I'm just imagining you like 85 years old pulling just, this off. Just like, fuck, I, I said this when I was 26, I got to follow through. <laughs> um, but, but the only reason why I'm kind of tentative on that is because <laughs> the only reason well, it, it just, it, it involves injuring another person potentially and like fucking up their oh, life, yeah. which, which I'm not really for right. that. Um, so, so I would guess I would just defer to like seeing space would be really cool. I think. If I oh, could, yeah. if I could ever cool. set foot on the moon, I think right. I'd be happy to die after that. Soon thereafter, really if not on that spot. I think that that's just, to me, uh, that's the embodiment of like humanity being able to go out from literally our crib of our home of Earth and, and going out into a distant planet or, or like Mars or the moon or anything like that, going out right. into space. If I could see that personally, I think that'd be fine with me to be just, that's a good way to, to end the, end the day. So would you, the like theor chapter. theoretically, if Elon Musk came to you and said, I'm sending you to Mars. I'm not just going to kill myself after that. I know, but would you, would you, would, <laughs> if you had the opportunity to, to, to what is it, a 20 year flight to Mars? No, it's two, no. two months. Something like it, that. No way. Yeah. It's no. Not that it's, long. Well, you you get them while they're kind of close to each other, so they're really not that far apart, and you're going pretty. Fast. I don't know if it's two six months. months. I think six months. Yeah, journey. yeah. I, th I think it's like six months to three years. It's definitely within that window. It's it's yeah. It's three years if they're on like if they're really far away from each other, and you have to like track them down or something. But it's, I think it's I, I think it's under a year. I thought it was way longer than that because weren't they weren't no. wasn't that the whole reason with like sending people to Mars is like a death mission? Well, because you can't come back. So it is a death mission. Why? You just because you, you run out of fuel? No, you can't come back. You can't launch a. You can't. There's no infrastructure to launch a spacecraft from Mars. Huh. 
I didn't realize it was only a year. Yeah, it is only a th 300 days, approximately at the shortest distance. Huh. Um, it's interesting. But, but to you, answer you, your question, <laughs> no, I can't go to Mars. I actually looked into that because I would love to be part of, um, what is that Mars project? Because they had one. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, Mars yeah, Discovery anyway. Project or whatever. And uh, one of the things that you can't have is broken bones that are fixed with metal and stuff like that. So I'm oh, actually, man. I, can't, I can't colonize shit in space because one of the things that, that you can't have is an internal metal fixation, which I have. So, But, but assuming, like, because that's just if more. Elon, if Elon was like, yo, I'll fucking bend the rules, I'd be like, if you can, if you can give me ninety percent probability, I'll make it there. Yeah, yeah, I'd do that. So, so you need some sort of probability. You wouldn't take the risk. I wouldn't be the first person there. Like, I wouldn't join the first. So, so first few so missions. So, right now, I just have curiosity. <laughs> right now, if you got, if you knew that, in, if you knew one hundred percent, three hundred sixty-five yeah. days, you would be on Mars. Would you leave right now? No. Because there's nothing else see, there. Really. See, well, like, you, okay, you yes. need to be older. Yes, yes. Or, I guess I like right now. I wouldn't really want to because that's literally suicide. Like you're going there. There's like not even pioneer. there's not even habituation anything there. Like if he had a little colony set up at Mars, that'd be cool. You'd be immortalized the rest of humanity. A hundred percent. But you could do that just by fucking shooting yourself out in the space in no general direction. <laughs> <laughs> but it's free this time. <laughs> I guess. Um, but if he was like, yeah, I'll send you to the moon and back. I guess like I'd, no, you don't get to come back on. <laughs> well, it's only five days. I I think I think just space on a bucket list would be a would be a really cool thing. Um, being a part of that journey, being a part of that that chapter in humanity, seeing that open, right. I think is really special. And I think we're we're at a really cool. an interesting age in in humanity's existence where we potentially could see that happen. So I like it. Because you, you realize we have to not let you come back. Because if you come back and you get to live long, you're going to eventually just carjack a motherfucker and smash the, <laughs> the sidewalk. And we're just really trying to prevent that scenario. Send me off planet so I don't carjack anyone. <laughs> All right. And uh, this is episode uh, 016. Uh, remember that everything we say is uh, not fact-checked. And if you want to continue this discussion, let us, for example, let us know um, whether you have, whether you think about mortality, whether or not you, how you deal with it. Um, maybe not tweet Gunner, he already thinks about it a lot. Um, but I'd be, I'd be very curious personally to hear, hear, hear your struggles or hear your um, ways that you cope with it, um, whether or not you disagree or agree with any of our points in terms of whether or not we should or should not talk about this in an earlier old age. All these things that I, I would like to uh, hear from you. Um, you can get us on our various uh, Twitter accounts, which are just our names, except for Gunner, which is Gunner Reese, uh, which is R-H-Y-S. Yep. Um, remember that you can always uh, help us out by going to patreon.com. And uh, while we have a lot of tiers there, every single dollar that you pledge uh, per month will help, even if it's only a dollar, even if you only want to pay for a McDonald's coffee. Uh, every single month that is perfectly great with us and we will use that very very efficiently uh, other than that you know where to find us if you're already in episode 16 this is 016 a discussion on mortality and we are out bye bye see you guys
crunch, crunch. I don't want no lunch. All I want is potato chips. Potato chips. How my mouth does drip. Potato chips. Cool. Drip, drip, drip. Crunch, crunch. I don't want no lunch. All I want is potato chips. you can generally see the pe- people who are more financially stable generally say that you know money doesn't buy happiness if it, i wonder if that um if that phrase comes from the idea that uh sorry what was i just gonna say i'm wondering if that phrase comes from the idea that because everyone in your family is so financially stable um, that they that you get less opportunity to help other people in your family because I feel mm, like if you're be, uh, if you're coming from a scenario of like um, less privilege, a lot of people like I, I've read this on Twitter a couple times uh, actually last week from one person specifically. Um, they talked about like how the main reason why they're doing a PhD in the first place is just because they want to help their family, who's I think from Africa somewhere. Okay, um, that's the entire reason why they're doing it. Um, right, that's common. Where wh- whereas if you know you're someone yeah. who's well off you just never get to experience that yeah but it really limits the options to to help out because like if, if you have money then you can't increase opportunity through give, giving money the only way you can do it is by like i don't know t- trying to encourage them to have a better insight in their life yeah. that's yeah. complex yeah that's that's like it's Teach way easier to write a check i wonder if that's also way, the same. way easier to write a check I wonder if that's also the same reason why most people say that eventually you'll want kids because it allows you to, you know, if you, if you can't get, give that opportunity to your family, you can at least give it to your offspring who are basically yeah, um, babies who can't function. Well, it's interesting because I like your offspring are just like a continuation of you and you have an ability to like impart all of your ways of thinking and all of that thing onto like this crazy generation. Yeah. All your crazy theories. Um, 11 was an inside job. <laughs> and you can tell them you can tell them all of this stuff and and they will they will live it and so it's kind of a way to achieve uh, immortality of your ways of thinking and ideas in a way 